I've got a funny thing that happened in Woodstock. Oh, and I've got a pain in the assassination. Hello there. Welcome to Date Fights. It's a podcast where we take things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other in a way that's slightly demeaning, but not as demeaning as I thought it was now that I've seen Alexander Armstrong having his testicles examined on this morning. Mm. And I thank you in, for that, Lizzie In Rope. homage to that <laughs> yes. piece of television, uh, he's Jake Yap, I'm Matt Tapley, and Lizzie Roper is the doctor gently pressing us between the pad of her thumb and her forefinger. <laughs> yeah. It's very Just smooth down there, Just feeling with a little bit of spaghetti at the back. It's fine. It is what? ultimately... <laughs> he says that. He says that. It's like, it feels like a little bit of spaghetti Oh, my God! I know what he oh, means! Yes, yes. No, 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 David! ball, anyone! So it's not just the <laughs> epididymis of this podcast. I shall <laughs> slide this to the 24th of August, 1572, and the assassination of Gaspard de Coligny. Oh, it's a win, isn't it? Mm, oh, yes, know. please. So Catherine Medici was in charge of France at that point, and Catherine de Medici was a Catholic, but there were loads of people who weren't, and they were called Huguenots, and they were getting a bit uppity. And they thought they should rule France instead. And she was having to balance the Guises, who were the Catholics, off against the Huguenots and marry different people off to various other people. Uh, she had to marry one of her daughters off to the Protestant heir to the throne, Henry of Navarre. And it was all getting a bit complicated. And there was a sort of uneasy peace between the Huguenots and everyone else. And at the wedding of Henry of Navarre and Marguerite on the 22nd of August, uh, during the festivities, the major wedding present from the Guises to the Huguenots was to stab Gaspard de Coligny, who was the big Huguenot commander. Um, and he didn't die at that point. He sort of hung on for a bit. Um, but uh, Catherine panicked and then said, right, Guises, you can kill all the Huguenots you want. Uh, so they did. They went and killed 24. They attacked Coligny again. He was killed that time. Um, lots of people... Is this still at the wedding? This is in the wedding festivities. The wedding festivities went on all throughout Paris because the Parisians wanted were so excited about either celebrating or murdering each other that mm. the it's celebrations hard, went isn't on it? for I never know what almost almost an entire century of repression and conflict. It became the St Bartholomew's Day Massacre. Between three and ten thousand people were killed as a direct result. Uh, Philip, Philip of Spain called those three to ten thousand dead Huguenots a universal benefit to all Christendom uh, because Philip of Spain was a not very nice person. And it led to a century, essentially, a century of religious conflict in which tens of thousands of people died. There was a Thirty Years' War in the 17th century and Catholics and Protestants killing each other for most of the ensuing 150 years, all across Europe. People being thrown out of windows. It was all horrible. It all started with the assassination of Gaspard de Coligny on the 24th of August, uh, 1572. It started with one Larry guest at a wedding. Mm. Yeah. I've been to weddings. Yes, <laughs> Uncle Gaspard. Yeah. Le vin, c'est... Yeah, c'est bon. Absolutely well. wild. I want to tell you about Abby Hoffman. Have you heard of Abby Hoffman? Mm, I, have I know that Hoffman. name. Steal this book. Right. Mm. Who, uh, during his school days as a child, became known as a troublemaker, mm. a bit of a starter of fights, a player of pranks, a vandalizer mm. of school property, if you don't mind, and a referrer to teachers by their first names. Come on. <gasps> wow. Oh, well, who cares what you think, Eric? So... <laughs> 
Was she a South African Australian? <laughs> Swedish. So oh. uh, Hoffman wrote a paper at school saying, God could not possibly exist, for if he did, there wouldn't be any suffering in the world. And the teacher ripped up the paper and called him a communist punk. And it was like, sounds good to me, because uh, absolutely went for it. Founded a thing called the Youth International Party, uh, which was, they, they were called Yippies. Uh, and mm. their idea was they're very countercultural and radical and anti-war and free speech and all the rest of it. And they did street theatre and politically themed pranks. And uh, apparently they were referred to once as the Groucho Marxists. Because they were just horsing about, really. Um, And on August the 24th, 1967, Abby Hoffman uh, led members of the movement, the Yippies, uh, to the gallery of the New York Stock Exchange, which anyone could go into in those days. And they took out of their bags big fistfuls of both real and fake dollar bills and threw them down on the trading floor and completely disrupted the stock exchange while all of the traders were like, oh, money, and started grabbing around for it. Two competing forms of greed in the head. The greed of the correct operation of the stock market (laughs) or my immediate... (laughs) I know. I kind of thought, like, literally, it was like there were... They don't know how much money was thrown down. Accounts vary from $30 to $300. And I'm like, surely these guys were making substantially more than that. Yeah, but it's like catnip uh, to them, wasn't it? You, you stick a dollar in their face, whoa, there's the imaginary yeah. dollars on the screens, or there's the real hard sugar daddy mm. cash. Yeah, but their they eyes didn't. go like Scrooge McDuck. Ka-ching. <laughs> <laughs> they dived in it, you know, like in a cartoon, and swam around yeah. in it. Um, they didn't even think about like calling the media to witness the thing. They just sort of did it. Oh. But the Stock Exchange then had to spend $20,000 to enclose the gallery with bulletproof glass. Um, but I just want to tell you this one other story about Abby Hoffman, because I love this story. This is in Woodstock uh, two mm. years later in 1969. Uh, John Sinclair of the White Panther Party had been jailed and uh, The Who uh, were performing in Woodstock. Uh, Pete Townsend was uh, adjusting his amplifier between songs and... uh, Yes, and turned and looked round on stage and suddenly this guy, Abby Hoffman, is there on the stage uh, and shouts uh, and shouting, I think this is a pile of s*** while John Sinclair rots in prison! And Pete, oh. Ta- Pete Townsend turns round and do you know what he says? All right, mate. He shouts. Wind your neck in. He shouts, F off. F off my stage. <laughs> Which I just love. Perfect. And ran at Hoffman with his guitar and hit him in the back. Although Townsend oh. later denied this uh, and said, well, I, you know, I did actually agree with, you know, the message and stuff. But, you know, he violated the sanctity of the stage. Mm, Lizzie, I don't know. I don't, yeah, um, you can really? actually you can hear. He's never done a jonglers. You can hear audio of it on the Who's box set Thirty Years of Maximum R and B, Disc Two, Track Twenty, Abby oh. Hoffman incident. Oh. Off, oh. off my stage. <laughs> it's, very, it's very rock and roll, isn't, isn't it? it? It's so it. rock and roll, isn't it? If they're known as the Groucho Marxists, can we call the silent dead in the gulags the Harpo Marxists? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to Max Beerbohm, the dandy and humorist who once again is one of these late Victorian, early Edwardian people who convinced me as a young person that there was such a thing as dandy and humorist like Saki or Jerome K. Jerome or Max Beerbohm or Hilaire Belloc or Oswald, all these people who did nothing, achieved nothing, wrote nothing, but hung around and were just funny. And I spent the first... 
ten years after leaving university thinking that was a job you could do, and it wasn't. No. Anyway. Have uh, you thought about meatpacking? Yes. Many times. <laughs> could be a great direction for you. <laughs> I thought all you had to do was write a nasty short story where everyone's hypocritical and their hypocrisy is exposed and they all end up dead or unable to, you know, worse, unable to look yeah. each other over the breakfast table. Yeah. And did you do that? No, nope, didn't even do that. Well, then. One book. Max Beerbo wrote one book. Wow. Anyway. <clears throat> Happy death day to Mickey Siebert, who we talked about before, or Jake talked about last year. For those of you who've been with us for a long one, Mickey Siebert was the first woman of finance, the first woman to get her own seat on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, in 1977, she was made the superintendent of banks, and she said to herself, Mickey, you've done pretty well for a college dropout. Um, and she was a spokesperson for diversi- diversity in hiring for board-level positions throughout Wall Street. That's Mickey Siebert, who died today in a different year. <laughs> so, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lizzie, how are you feeling about the day? Oh, I'm very hot. I'm steamy hot. I'm steamy with anticipation and delight. Of yourself? Um, Yes, (laughs) all over myself. Tim Curry. (laughs) Yes. So here we have 1572. Mm. And uh, the worst wedding in the world until Russell Brand met Katie (laughs) Perry. Yes. Um, spawning the trues, I think. Um, mm. I very much enjoy, I very much enjoy the phrase "uppity themselves." That did something mm. for me. Uppity yep. themselves a tea. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, oh, that's a that's a that's. I think it's terribly rude to murder somebody in the middle of a wedding. I don't it know. Is, it's not it? part of the etiquette book, is it? I think it distracts from the bride and groom. It's her day. I, and, it's and now totally suddenly it's all about the murder. And don't murder anybody whilst wearing white. We've all agreed no. on that. Mm. Whereas I'm, I'm <clears> delighted to <throat> hear about Abby Hoffman. Fascinating stuff, isn't it? Fascinating. Isn't it? Fascinating. Though? Yes. And all that was... I was... I was a massive fetus in a womb in August 1967. Cool. Ready to pop out. <laughs> um, so... Mm. <clears throat> I mean, to yeah. be fair, there were no Swedish accents... Mm-hmm. Um, Weren't there? <laughs> How would you ever know? <laughs> ah, yes, there is that. Uh, all right, um, it's the bad wedding, isn't it? It's the, it's um, it's a nice day for a white wedding. Uh, so the tap, the the tap, the tapster, the the funky, the funky Royal the Highness. Nice. And in celebration for the patrons, I will read parts of my terrible unpublished novel I wrote in my twenties. There we go. That sounds great. And you know, I just want to say that. I'm really glad it's one off because um, I think um, it's important to me to have, you know, really good opponent, you know, strong opponent. You need goals, don't you? Yeah. You know, it keeps him on my toes. So thank you. Thank you for winning today. You're welcome. Mm. Mm. Bye. Bye. I have to get better at ending these podcasts. The ending. Do you like the weird drizzling yeah. away? It's like we're literally yes, staggering away that. in three different directions. There's, yeah. a again. There's a podcast called Behind the Bastards, which uh, the host Robert Evans cannot introduce at all. One time he just shouted, Hitler, this is the podcast. 